What's up, people? I am so excited to tell you about NordVPN, okay? Because I travel all the time, whether it's on a cruise ship, another country, a military base. And now sometimes I can't watch the UFC because where I'm at doesn't have it. Well, now I can because NordVPN makes it so that I can watch the UFC from different territories via streaming. It lets you change your computer's location to come from anywhere in the world. How cool is that? You might be wondering, what's a VPN? Okay, I know I was. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And it's a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. It uses it, it creates an encrypted tunnel for your data. It protects your online identity by hiding your IP address. It allows you to use public Wi-Fi hotspots safely. Yes, so no one will track you or hack you, yada, yada. No one likes to be watched or tracked. I don't. Even if you have nothing to hide, still, we want our privacy, which is why it's important to step up your privacy game. Whether you're browsing through a VPN, when you are doing that, okay, your traffic is encrypted so that no one can see what you're doing online, all right? I know a lot of our listeners like to, you know, be private. I've met some of you guys, and I can understand why. Here are a few reasons why you need a VPN, okay? Use public Wi-Fi regularly. You want to access your content. You want to stay safer online. And you're an avid gamer. So you get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash roasted. You can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus four months for free. That's the best deal ever, right? It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. I am so pumped because now I can watch the fights from wherever I am. Because so many times I'm like trying to watch the fights and I'm like, it's the most frustrating thing ever. Well, now my life is going to change thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN, check it out. Highly recommend. You'll be thanking me later. Let me bang you, I do let you bang. Let me bang you, man. I let you bang. I let you bang. Greetings, Marriage of Virgins. Go for Jesus. No for Jesus, people. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to the Brando MBA Roasted Podcast. We've got a special show because this man is one of my favorite athletes, favorite wrestlers, favorite personalities, favorite fighters, and now has one of my favorite books I've ever read. I don't read that many books. I got yes. uh, but you actually wrote, <laughs> uh, but you wrrote on the inside. Uh, thanks, Adam. I love what you do for wrestling. I love your jokes. I'm like, all right, I gotta. If this guy is gonna personally write me a book, I gotta, I gotta read it. I don't uh, know if I, I don't know if I said I loved your jokes. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. I saw you made a joke. Listen, I had someone literally, literally, literally out the other day. I was on the phone with you. You and I talked on the phone, and while I'm talking on the phone, someone texts me, and it's you <laughs> giving me shit about uh, the guy Zion who's fighting with no legs. <laughs> he says. <laughs> well, because oh, I was reading, I was reading your book, and you said that like how thick your skin is, and how you like don't let shit get to you. So I'm like, and there are very few people like, yeah, that. it's true. So I'm like, it's and not, you're yeah, one of those people. Anyone. I'm like, well, I figured you would laugh at that joke. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna. Uh, and by the way, the person sending you that stuff to give you shit is kind of a jerk too, because it's like, hey, here's a joke about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, your book was amazing, though, man. So a fun, really, right? really good read. Thank you. Uh, and uh, tell me, like, when did you even write this book? Well, so the the thing was, uh, coronavirus happened. All of our academies got shut down, and I, I got, I got to do something with my life. I can't, I can't do nothing. I, I go crazy. So it was like, okay, what projects can I start doing? You know, and I started like trying to make a list of like, all right, well, I'm not going to be coaching wrestling for a few months, and I can't do anything else. So maybe here's some, here's some shit I can do. Um, so with the book, I knew, uh, I knew if I wrote it myself, I would be so unhappy with it that it would never get published. So I, I hit up this writer, Chuck Mindenhall, who is my favorite MMA writer. And I said, Hey, what would you like to do a project with me? And he said, sure. Um, and so me and Chuck started working on it. I actually figured it would take like six months. 
Uh, and it ended up taking damn near two years to get it done. So it's really funny because through the book, um, there's like some things that we we wrote. I mean, for example, like a lot of the book was done when the Jake Paul fight happened, you know? So that was like, that's, that's then an epilogue, not part of the story. Um, but yeah, some things that happened, which now they sound funny after the fact, but when I was writing them, they would have made more sense. Well, the book's called Funky, by the way. My Defiant Path Through the Wild World of Combat Sports. Uh, you should definitely pick it up. It's on, it's on Kindle. Uh, it's on, you can buy hard copy. You could you could audio book. Um, my wife, was, my wife just started listening to the audio book. She said that was uh, that was out there. That was hard. I don't know if you've ever read an audio book. I know you've done a lot of things, Adam. Yeah, dude, the audio book was brutal. It was so hard for me. Well, it's funny because like, uh, I mean, I just feel like I know you a lot better. I also feel thanks to you. I think I also have Asperger's. Uh, so if you think you might have asked, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. And my, <laughs> and my wife agrees, by the way. So it's got, we actually, she got mad at me a couple times and I told her, I'm like, I have Asperger's. You can't get mad at me for this. I can't help uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a great excuse, which lasted for about two days, by the way. But, uh, I, I think I like, you say you, you <laughs> might have Asperger's because you're bad with eye contact, um, and that you're really good at one specific thing. And then you're, and then you also, Specified it, yes. Specified interests, yeah. Uh, overly physical. Don't understand normal jokes. Hate the small talk with uh, people who don't have shared interests with me. I, I I check a lot of the boxes. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. Uh, and and I'm like, man, it's it's great. I because I actually asked my therapist. I do. I'm gonna go. I'm reading this book. Uh, I have a lot in common with this guy. <laughs> and my therapist said that I am neurodivergent. So I don't think she said that I'm somewhere in there. Uh, so. Uh, but but it's crazy, man. Because neurodivergent, I've never heard that term, Adam. Neuro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I gotta look it up. She says I'm neurodivergent, so uh, which is crazy. Now, I'm gonna ask you questions all out of sequence. But before your Masvidal fight, you couldn't lift your leg. You couldn't lift your left leg. Uh, no, I I could lift my leg. I couldn't. I couldn't bring. Um, I couldn't bring my knee above my my hip. Right. So I couldn't bring you know, you're you're you gotta imagine you're like I could stand up right now. Well I'll stand hell, I'll stand up. Uh hold on, make sure I pull my cord out. Right. So you stand up, okay? You know, right here, you should be able to lift I gotta get my you should be able to lift your leg. Like, see, like I can bring it way up high, right? Significantly yeah, yeah, yeah. past my hip. But I couldn't I couldn't bring it past here, right? And that was like when I'm trying to throw kicks, I was saying I was saying in, in when I was when I would go to Singapore and the Thai trainers who didn't understand English and they at the end of every round you know, they try to say like twenty kicks here twenty kicks there and I couldn't throw the kicks with my left leg because I couldn't couldn't get the leg up high enough because um, my I had bone spurs that was that was a big issue I don't have that in my right hip um, at all so you're fighting um, a guy who's a kickboxer yeah, so so and you can't lift your leg to so yeah. any kick to the head like so you wouldn't be able to check a kick basically you could check it unless if it was above here you'd be fucked. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, I know people are saying I don't have kickboxing skills, but like, oh, geez, now I'm gonna break my TV. Now you got me, see, you got me standing up a whole bunch. When you check a kick, right? A, a low kick, you're gonna check here. Yeah. Okay. Now I gotta bring my, I, a low kick, you're gonna check, you know, there. Yeah. yeah a high yeah. kick, you're obviously gonna have some defense up here. And then, yes, there is a little space in between where if they want medium, medium high, right? You need to like connect these things to, to connect the shield, you know? So, so um, yeah, there would have been there would have been a little spot to the body open on that side, but I led with that side, so it's hard to body kick someone's lead side. Usually. And you also you know, couldn't run. Open side you couldn't run before kick. the fight either. You couldn't do any cardio. Um, it was it was it was uh yeah it was a very pitiful jog. Um, so no, I tried to uh I did some rowing. Some b bike was actually the thing that I could do the most of because you know a bike you you need to yeah, but you're not on a bike example. race. You're fighting a guy um, who's who's a dangerous. Yeah. So basically, you can't run. You can't move your leg. And I you still want to fight him. And you I was just, I was just, listen, can I? <laughs> and you did no sparring. I, keep, I feel like we're cutting each other no, off. Yeah, I'm because sorry. The, the sign. And you did no sparring no, either. You said you made a, a decision on the plane. No, I sparred that fight. Oh, you did spar for that fight? Because Okay, so, I, so it's 2016. Yeah. Now we're all over the place. April, April 2016, I watched concussion on the way to my fight. Yeah. And I think, oh, man. Like the science is kind of unsettled settled on this. I probably shouldn't be, uh, well, I probably shouldn't be fighting in general, but if I am going to fight, I should probably maybe limit the head trauma. So I decided, okay, I'm going to stop sparring. So 
I didn't spar for the last, was it a year and a half of before my first retirement, you know? And so then I, yeah. I didn't spar at all, zero. And um, then I retired and I obviously didn't spar. And during that retirement, I I, I kept reading on CTE because I'm, I'm curious of it. And I actually think, I don't like the way, I don't say a diagnosis is the proper terminology because they don't do it till after you're dead. But I read this one study and this one study made me think, okay, this is kind of a load of bullshit. And then, so when I came back, um, I, I, I sparred one time a week, which is, it, that's kind of normal, right? We, we usually did, you know, early in my career, we did one hard spar and one light spar generally. Yeah. But the study I read, Adam, it said this, it said, um, of anyone who's played one year, singular, one year of high school football, it's an 87% chance they have CTE, right? <laughs> that's, that's and then great. it said, anyone who's played more than one year, there's a 99% chance. And so the way I, the way my brain thought about this is, okay, that's preposterous because if you think of like the generation above us, um, man, 90% of those men played football in high school. So you're telling me like 99% of 99 men are nine, 99% of 90% of the men have CTE. Like that's just, no, that's just not happening. Like you look at the older generation and obviously there's some slowdowns and stuff, but they're not all walking around like that. Like, give me a break. Well, I know you don't like to make excuses, so, so yeah. I'll make them for you. Uh, if you didn't have a hip yeah. surgery. <laughs> I'm trying to cut off your excuses. Cut it off. Okay, I know you're not. <laughs> I should have been up to your like and not got in the yeah, head. You'd be able to get out of the way because you would have gotten out of the way if you could move your hip uh, of, of, that, of that flying knee. That's, <laughs> okay, I love it. That's, that's one thing that I got. Now, first of all, I didn't realize you were a fat kid. Uh, you were like 200 pounds when you were 10. Yeah. Uh, you, you were 135. No, 200. Stop. I was, yeah, 135. 135. Then you start wrestling and you said, I'm giving up on soda. I'm getting in shape. And this is like when you were in middle school and you said you've not drinking soda since. I was, uh, I was 11. So it was six, it was sixth grade. Yeah. So sixth grade. So I had wrestled, I had wrestled before that, but it was where I want, I wanted to get better at wrestling um and i just knew kind of like being fat not a fat like that was not beneficial yeah so i gave up a lot of things uh soda being one of them some of the things never came back right so like i gave up soda i still don't drink soda i think it's gross uh, i gave up fast food i still don't really eat fast food i think it's pretty gross um but then there's things like I, I stopped eating ice cream and then like i eat ice cream now i freaking love ice cream you know so yeah. um yeah there's a lot of things that i gave up that never came back and yeah, i didn't get back to 130 pounds until um until what was it? My, I think my sophomore year of high school, I was 100, I was 130 pounds in the state tournament. And in high school, so you were great. I mean, you don't think you were great, which was getting later because you think that the best guys never think they're great, which is the, one of the craziest studies I've ever heard. Uh, which I I love that part. But you were, I, got, I was actually gonna do my mental Monday about that this week, and then um, I forgot to do on Monday, and I forgot to do on Tuesday. So I'm gonna say next Monday, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about. Uh, that you want to talk about that right now because I sure. think it is fascinating. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, and like I said, because the first I tried writing a book in college with um a sports psych PhD named Renee Mapes, and she was great. Um, but we put out this uh, survey essentially to to the Division One and state champions of the past fifty years, which is um you know three percent of people move from high school wrestling to college wrestling, one percent less less than one percent of them make Division One college wrestling. And then of those division one college wrestlers, it's like 0.001% of them who already made division one, then win a national title. So for like talking, statistically speaking, the people who win division one national titles are great. Absolutely. There's no way we have to define yeah. it. They are probably even a couple steps below them. Um, yeah. So one of the questions that really shocked me was one of the questions we asked was, did you go, when did you go from good to great? And what we were expecting to get back was, Oh, I didn't believe in myself. And then this coach said something and I believed in myself. Or I beat this guy and then that gave me some confidence. Or I learned this new skill set or I started training differently. You know, we we expected something to this is what we were looking for, right? You know, mental shifts. Um, and what we what we got back was insane. So we got we sent like 330 questionnaires out and we got, I think it was like 120 back. And such a high percentage, such a high percentage had some form of I was never great. And so, like I said, if we're talking percentages, like these people have to be great. They literally do. Yeah. But it would be like, your question assumes I was great. I never was great, but something else. Or Dan Gable was great. I was not great, but 
you know, and it was just a whole bunch of these ones. And, you know, it was like guys who are winning multiple NCAA titles, guys who won world titles are saying, I'm not, I was never great, you know? And then, so from that, that became a realization that obviously there's, you know, they generally wrote a little more than that, that, you know, one of the reasons they actually were great was because they never really thought in those terms, right? They thought in terms of how do I get better at this? I like this activity. I want to win. I like it. I want to get better. How do I get better? And they just kept getting better. So we call that, we called that concept and, and it's been, this is not when we made up, right? This is from somewhere else. We yeah. call it the beginner's mind. So just that notion that you can always get better. You're always looking for more. And generally, and I see this, well, you coach middle school. So maybe you can speak to this too. You see a kid and they're like, oh, I know this. I know that. You can't tell me anything. Like yeah. it's almost guaranteed that kid will not get better. They're done. Like wherever they're at, that's it. Yeah, same thing with comedy. I mean, if I don't right? write, if I don't write jokes, if I don't write jokes, I'm done. If I don't write more jokes, I'm done. I'm as I'm only as good as I'm going yeah. to be at that particular point. In fact, I'm getting worse um, because You're nothing worse because nothing because is everyone else is continuing to develop. Yeah. So yeah. and it's just, in fact, I'll be on yeah. stage sometimes like killing mad at myself because I didn't write anything new. Like I'm actually not enjoying doing well because in my mind, I know that I didn't there's nothing new coming out. Like I'm not getting any better. Everyone else is enjoying this except for me on stage telling the joke. Um, and I think that, yeah. uh, that with, with, especially I find with women, especially girl coaching, girl wrestling, you almost never have that problem yeah. because women are always, you have to build them up of girls never think they're good enough and they want to focus mm. on technique. The boys are like, Oh, well, I, I, I know a cradle. What do I need? I don't need to know any more moves or I don't know. Um, <laughs> which, which is, which is, which is uh, so which I generally find, I don't know, maybe, maybe. We'll just talk wrestling coaching. So I generally find there's, we have like some young, young kids like that. Like we call them ninjas and tra trainings. So we have a five-year-old class, a six, seven-year-old class, an eight, nine-year-old class. And we'll get some eight, nine-year-olds who, who are like that. And I'll think they know a lot. And then the second we bump them up and then they start taking some ass whippings from the older kids. They're like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it. You know? Yeah, no. And when, then usually once that happens, then they're generally good for a while. Yeah. I mean, it, but you're right. As far as the, it's, it's a lot of it is, is like the parent. I had to get a kid off. I had to almost ask kid not to come back because he was just doing jujitsu moves and choking kids out and laughing about it. And I had to, and then what? He, yeah, that's illegal. Uh, right. And then he was like hitting on girl. Well, not hitting on girls, making faces at girls. So I like, cause the girls were beating him. So I brought the parents in and they were like, Mike, well, he has ADHD and you need to learn how to deal with that. Like, like it was my fault. And I'm like, Okay. Dang, that's crazy. Freaking parents. Um, now as far as uh your wrestling, which is crazy because you were great. I mean, you weren't great, but you were um, really you were amazing in high school. You were a Fargo national champion. You didn't win the states in your year, but you won the nationals, which is also yeah, uh, you know. Well, I, I got hurt. I, I would have won state pretty easy. Got it. Okay. So you went you went you win the nationals, you get to college, yeah. they redshirt you, you go, I don't know, Owen. You're not almost something. You won a lot. But you lost about ten matches. You said about ten, and then you figure yeah, out. Retro year. Yep. Then, then, then you figure out somehow. Like, look, I'm not bigger. I'm not faster. I'm not stronger than these guys. I can't play their game. I have to invent a game that they have to play, and you start doing your own funky style of wrestling, which to me is yeah. insanity. I mean, to me, that's like reinventing the wheel. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I mean, do you? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you just got you got to start somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. That's the thing about it is like it's not like I went from zero to finish product. It was just, um, you know, that my retro freshman year, I'm I'm taking all these losses and it sucks. And it's like, oh man, well, how the freak can I do this? You know. And I did have one co. I mentioned him in the book, Mike Ironman. Um, and he he had a couple things. Um. But then, you know, I, we talked about this on the phone. It wasn't like I made a lot of things up or I, mean, I didn't make everything up. Right. There was there was some like, you know, one of my specialties was tying things together. Right. So and, and this sucked because in this era, you couldn't watch wrestling on a computer. Right. You couldn't go watch the best guys. You couldn't stream it like you had to go find DVD. This is 2000. My friend year, 2002, 2003. Right. There's no Internet wrestling. So um, you, you got to find DVDs and stuff or or literally watch the matches live. And so it was like watching the matches live. And then we watch them live, you don't get a replay, right? So you watch it live and you're like, wait, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, I think I can do that, you know? And so you take this one thing from over here and you take this one thing from over here and then yeah, and you start pulling like these techniques in, right? And it's like, for me, it's like a constant puzzle of like, 
How do all these how do all these things fit together? And is the option I'm making always the best option? You know, and that's where a lot of kids um they they accept the first thing. And you know, this is kind of like it's it's so good and bad because we we're talking about listening to your coaches earlier, right? But you listen to your coach says, Hey, this is the way you do it. And they never ever question it. And they never say, Well, what about this? Or what about that? Or hey, when I do that thing you're telling me to do, I got taken down 10 times out of 10. You know, yeah. like some kid told me something last night and I said, okay, well, someone else told you that worked, but let me ask you a question. How many times has someone done that to you? And they're like, never. I'm like, well, then why would you, why would you assume that that's actually going to work? If someone never can do that to you, why would then you take someone's word for it? That's going to work. It doesn't make sense. Right, right, you know? Right, right, so right. like being like really like, um, you know, uh, discerning of what works and what doesn't work. And, and like based on real data, I think a lot of people have, uh, an issue with this because it causes, it, it takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes a lot of like, think about your wrestling, think about what happened and this is life too, right? What happened? What was good about it? What was bad about it? How do I keep the good things and eliminate the bad things? And even the good things was it could I have done something better and how do I do it better? You know? So that's kind of like, and, and so even when I watched, if I watched myself, my senior year of college versus my freshman year, it's like, there's just such a difference. It, it's radically different because the process evolved so fast. And now we're 15 years out of my college career. And it's like, I'm still, I mean, I, did, I was just telling someone last night, it's this scramble I was doing. Like, I do this way differently than I did when I graduated college because wrestling has evolved at such a rapid rate because now everyone has access to the, yeah, all the yeah. matches. We can all watch what everyone's doing. So but wrestling you, is moving but, like, but, boom, but boom. initially though, right? Initially, because you're, you were so good at scrambling and you were so good at, yeah. like, I've had a couple of kids like, like you, and the problem, I think what you're saying for me, at least from a coach standpoint is like, kids are like, well, what about this? I'm like, well, at least get this first, <laughs> know, how to, do it the, yeah, know yeah. how to do it the right way first. And then let's work on this. Cause they're trying it right off the bat. But what about this? I'm like, but you don't have the fucking, the, the right way to do it. So now I can't focus on this the, the, the other way. Yeah. No, I, so I think, so I, I think you're, but I think you are right on that. Um, You know, I think that kids do have to have a, solid base and my brother and i debate this a lot like i don't really teach scrambling fairly at all to our really anything under high school um we don't teach much because there has to be a, a foundation of which to build everything else on you know so there's this foundation then you can start building off that um but you know i'll, I'll give you uh, your keegan o'toole the kid who he won a national title for mizzou last year he's one of our guys um and there was times it's like you know listen i'm i am like the the foremost expert in this area of wrestling you know and there was one time where it's him and there are two other kids, uh, Jared Credig and Peyton Maka, who claimed it was their invention also. So I'll say one of these three, but Keegan was the one that pushed back the most. He did something. I said, stop doing it that way. That's wrong. And uh, he's like, nah, I think, I think it's right. And I'm like, I don't think it is. I think it's wrong. But if you think it's right, go ahead and do it and tell me what the results are, you know? Right. And dude, sure enough, it became like a, a thing. And I, I came to the point where I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. You guys are right. So I actually really like, I like a little pushback, not from the, not from the little kids. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you get to be a pretty good high school wrestler um, and you're like, and I can tell you're intelligent. I can tell you're thinking on a high level. I want some pushback because that means, that means you're considering everything that's happening and we can then have a discussion about it and we can come up with the best solution for you. Cause the best solution uh, isn't the same for everybody based on height, weight, Right. flexibility is a huge one. Some of these kids got like, my shoulder, look at my shoulders. I can't move over my head. Some of these kids can put this elbow on that shoulder. You probably right. can't. You look like a Gumby guy. Can you put your elbow uh, on I don't know, maybe. No, uh, not really. You're getting old. Can't I'm do it. I'm 44. But, <laughs> but how did you do that? Like how exactly, okay, so you shoot a single leg, all right? Everyone, you know, you, like Ben Askren. So you're in that wrestling room. Yes. You shoot a single leg. You got the leg on it. You know, got the foot under here. Everyone else is like, you know, trip or whatever you're going to do. You got it up. Now, are you that going, okay, well, if I do a, a somersault to get, he's going to do this, and then I can catch him there, and then that'll pin him. Yeah. Is, is that what you're doing in, you're like, what does this guy not want to do? Is that essentially? Yeah, that's it, yeah. What's up, people? BetOnline.ag. Basketball is back. And BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, 
and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. You can bet the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. But online, where the game starts. Check it out. So you're doing yeah, that, 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 I mean, way. yeah. That's you're doing it. It's like, yeah, go on. Not the wrong, not the wrong way. It's like, uh, I mean, right, because at this point, I'm at a, a relatively high level of skill. And so it's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Someone has a single leg and they got their hands locked, right? Right? And they start pulling you, pulling you in with their back. You can't stop them. You can't stop them. And if that's where someone someone who only understands the basics and only wants to stick traditional and they say, sprawl. And I could tell you, if I have your leg and you try sprawling on me, you're not going to sprawl. I'm going to pull your leg in. Literally 100. I have never met a leg I haven't pulled in. Literally 100 out of 100 times, I will pull in your leg. Okay? That's obviously given we're the same weight class and we're wrestling a match. I will right. pull in your leg. Right. Not heavy, even maybe even heavyweight. I mean, I pulled in Mark Ellis' leg and he was a heavyweight. Um, I will pull in your leg. A sprawl will not work. Right? At that point in time. So at that point in time, that's where you need to say, okay, well, if a sprawl isn't going to work, I have two options. Number one, I give up and I let them them win, right? That's one option. Okay. And then number two option will be figure something out. And that was that was what I did. I figured something out, right? So in the very beginning, like it was far ankle scramble. So when they start pulling me in and I can't sprawl, I jump over the top and attack the ankles. Then it was the trail position where I'm attacking the cradles. And, you know, so obviously there's, um, I always say there's like, there's so many moves that died on the wrestling mats never that never made it under the lights. You know, there's so many moves that I tried. I thought, oh, maybe this will be the thing. And then I tried. I'm like, oh, that was dog shit. What was I thinking? <laughs> what was I right, thinking? Right, right, right. That was terrible. All right, garbage. It's gone. It's gone. Try the next thing. Oh, that's dog shit. Garbage. It's gone. You know, try the next thing. And and so, um, you know, I think something that maybe would a little a little bit define me late, later in my career is is lack of ego. And that's that's what this is. It's a lack of ego because. You have to be willing to say, I'm going to try this and it didn't work. I was wrong, right? Or, right, if you have a big ego, you're going to say, I'm going to try this. And despite what the outcome is, I'm going to act like I'm right. I'm going to act like I'm right. I'm going to tell everyone I'm right. And I'm only going to point to the instances where I get it. And I'm not going to point to any of the instances where it failed, you know? And so from an analytical standpoint on positions, I always tell kids, and this is this is probably super autistic, but I, I tell kids from an analytical standpoint, look at it from a percentage basis. And this is hard because they don't have actual statistics. But if you do this, are you going to win 70% of the time? Are they going to win 30% of the time? Is it going to be 60, 20, and 20% stalemate? Um, you know, like what is going to actually happen? And then your goal should be to constantly increase your percentage winning. So when I get to certain positions, it's like, I'm going to win 100% of the time. I will 100% here against anyone my size, my weight, right? I'm going to win. Um, so get to that position, right? So you go from the 60% to the 80% to the 90% to the 100%. And now you're somewhere you're going to win every time. Now, when you were in practice, were you always like, okay, we'll take that example of like, you got the guy's leg, you know, he's going to sprawl or if someone has your leg you know the thing to do is to dive for the mm-hmm. far the far ankle. Were you constantly yeah. starting from that position and and then, and then going um, live? It was, okay, well, so, I mean, obviously, I have, you know, to be as productive as possible, you must do a little bit of, little bit of different things, right? So, so, some days, right, some days, I'm just trying to win as much as I can, which means I'm, I'm trying to choose my best option every single time, okay? Every single time from that percentage thought process, I'm trying to do the, the very, very best that I can. That's it, right? Okay, now the problem with that thought process, if we do it all the time, is if I'm only choosing my best option every time, I can never create any new options, right? right. Therefore, I, you know, as you talked about earlier with your joke, you're stuck exactly where you're at, you yeah. know? Because if you get good at something, okay, let's just, just let's go back to the basics. Get good at, uh, this is gonna, this is like, uh, this should go on some wrestling channel. This is a tremendous <laughs> wrestling discussion, Adam. Um, say you're great at a single leg, yeah. okay? And you shoot a single leg. We'll say you're 90%. You're going to score a single leg 90% of the time. You shoot it. Okay. So some practices, you're trying to beat the guy. Shoot that single leg every single time. You score 90% of the time, you kill him. Boom. Great, right? Okay. Well, now you wrestled your freshman year, and everyone knows Adam Hunter can only shoot a single leg to, right. to his right-hand side. Okay. Right. Now they all know what you're coming, right? So you, if you continue that, everyone's going to scout me. They know. So now in practice, in practice, you guys are shooting a high cross to the other side. 
Okay, well, when you shoot that, start shooting the high crotch for the first time, you're not going to be 90%. You're no. probably going to be like 20%, you know? Right. And so, it, but you're going to have to have a lot of those practices where you're taking a self, I call it a suboptimal result, right? And a result that's that's less than what you want. And then then a week later, you're 40%. And a week later, you're 50%. And a week, right? And now, now by uh, six weeks into it, maybe it's probably going to take a little longer than that, but we're speeding it up. You're 90% on your single leg here and you're 90% on your high crotch there. Boom. Now you got two great options, right? So now when you have that, that optimal practice, you can do, you can do them both. And now your opponent, they, they have to stay guessing right before they knew you were only going to shoot a single leg here and they could predict it. Now you can go both ways, right? And now you probably want to add like a snap down because now they get, now they get low because they know you're going to shoot. Well, now you got to be able to bring them down, snap them down, right? This is life, right? You got to be able to constantly have options because if everyone can predict everything you're going to do, you're not going to be good at it. Of course. No, I had a kid one time. This kid, Ari. Probably why I should have punched George Mazabadal before I double-egged him. <laughs> um, now, I had a kid, Ari, one time. He was always doing funk. Much better. I had a kid one time, always doing funk. His, his, this kid was like, and it was hard to coach him because I'm like, if I tell him what right to do the right way, he's going to, versus like in matches, if I let him do what, he, what he's going to do, he's going to end up winning most of the time. But I told him, I said, you're going to get to a certain level. Yeah. You're at a certain level where this is not going to work anymore. You know, these reach backs, things that you're doing, you know, you're reaching, you know, you're on bottom and you're reaching back yeah. or you're, you know, putting your leg. I go, and eventually the better kids would catch him. Um, yes. How did you get, um, and how did you yeah, get? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Sorry. I how did you get to a point where your stuff was working on the better kids? Uh trial and error and i and i was i was very willing to have the self-awareness to say that didn't work i'm not doing that right where a lot of these kids and because i do a so i do a funky fresh scrambling camp me and my brother where we do only scrambling for a whole week and there are so many kids who come in and they say well this is all i do i want and, and i think no this is not all, all you should do that is effing stupid like if yeah. a sprawl is the best option we're gonna do a sprawl right a lot of kids who want to scramble they don't know how to shoot right in order to be a good wrestler, you probably need some offense. You probably need to be able to go attack them. So, uh, you know, my tactic with kids, I coach, um, and I, I can't say I have a ton of this problem um, because I, I feel like uh, the kids trust us now after the results that we're producing. But it's like you must wait for a moment of weakness when they lose and they're sad and they didn't want to lose and they're really heartbroken. And now what you can't do as a coach, you want to do it. I told you so. I told you little ass that wasn't going to work. F and listen to me now. Can't do that though. That's what you want to do, right? That's what you, you want to party on them a little bit, but you have to say, listen, man, Hey, you and me, we got the same goals. I want you to be good. You want to be good. Now, can you please make recognition of how the mindset you were using the tactics didn't work? You just got pinned because you wanted to try that bullshit that you keep saying works. Well, it didn't work. You got pinned. So how about we go do a single leg? How about that? You know, yeah. some, something to that effect. You know, really, yeah. once they once they know you care about them, you could probably say things even a little more aggressively. Um, I told the kid and, one time, that's good really we, bad. I, I told him one lost. time, I said, I said, hey, man, see how, see how bad this feels? You don't want this again. So let's work yeah. on, go, remember this and use this to motivate you to work harder. You know, that's kind of how I, yeah. you know. No, that's got I me. Mean, yeah, you got to, you got to get them feeling like you're, you're on their side. Um, and that you, you obviously want what's best for them, which is, you know, if you're coaching wrestling, it's most likely true. And that you're not there to beat on your chest and have a gigantic <laughs> ego. And I know that's, uh, unfortunately, that's how some coaches, not, not the good ones, the bad ones generally act like that. Now, um, what I also found, so many things in your book were crazy. The fact that you were on message boards at an early age. Uh, <laughs> uh, you like, remember those? You, I kind of do, but you were trolling adults. So there were all these adults. Yes. And you were in high school and you were saying, Ben Askren is going to be the best wrestler ever. He'll beat everybody. And pissing yeah. these people off. Did they know it was you? Uh, yeah, I put my name on there. Oh, so you weren't going as like a fake name. You were going as Ben Askren. Yeah, yeah. Put my name on there. Oh, wow. And then, Askren, yeah, I tell exactly who I was. So you're fighting with adults. And then the adults are saying, you're going to lose. No kid, you suck. Or my kid's going to beat you. And you're sitting there baiting these these grown men. Um. Well, so, okay. The very beginning of it. And I think I talk about this in the book. Um. 
the the very very beginning of it is uh um someone tells me hey all these people are talking about you on these message boards and i said what are, what are those right this, this is like uh it's probably the year 2000 we'll say 2000 2000 2001 somewhere in there so it's my sophomore year high school everyone's talking about you and i said what are message boards i don't know what those are right so someone gives me the the url right and yeah. i go on there and all these people are talking all this shit about these two dudes beat me at state the state is the next week right so it was actually it was saturday it was saturday we had sectionals and then you know at this tournament everyone's telling me about what's happening I'm like, okay, I go check it out. So then I go on the forums and I'm like, nope, I'm gonna whoop his ass and I'm gonna whoop his ass. You guys all suck. Blah blah. You know, and I, I just I was like, and it, I think I was like a little bit just like being myself. Like that's just how I talk, you know. Yeah. And um, and then I got this crazy blowback. But then I whooped it. I whooped these two dudes the next week at state. Like it was, it got, it was ugly. That's so funny. Um, and you show up to the tournament with a boombox. Um, well, that was the next year. Okay, so then, okay. so then, then I did a victory lap. I did a victory lap on all of them, right? Yeah. They didn't like, they didn't like that at all. And then, yeah. So then, the next couple of years, so it was my junior, senior high school. A lot of like was like, hey, how do I go antagonize these people? Like, <laughs> how do I make them? How do I ruffle their feathers? How do I do something stupid that they're gonna get frustrated with? I mean, honestly, that was a big part of growing my hair out. Because if you look at my sophomore year pictures, I don't fit well. I got my book right here. Let me see. Hey, hey, you guys, yeah. go buy my book. Um. Let me see if I'm gonna see if I have short hair in one of these because like early in my life, I never ever ever had longer hair. Um like the, this one I think is probably like right. That's like that's so that was like by eighth grade, you know, or yeah. probably. So my hair is like really short, you know. So a big part of it was like I started growing my hair out and people were like got upset about it. It's like what's my hair? Like get lost, you know. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it up. The boombox, I'm gonna keep that up. And so I did all these stupid things to antagonize these stupid people. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of it was just entertaining. It's kind of like Twitter, right? It's kind of right. entertaining. What are you playing in the boombox? What? What song were you playing in the boombox? Like, what kind of music? Uh, well, I mean, I play, I play. I mean, part of it was just me. Uh, part of it was just me. Um. Part of it was just me listening to music, right? Yeah. Um, but then part of it was I was just telling who did I just tell? I did a different interview earlier this week. I was telling him, do you remember that commercial where they chased people eye the tiger with the boombox? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would do that. That was so funny. People would get so mad. I should, I feel like I should still go do that. I like I was thinking about when I told him this, and I'm like, oh my God. Wait, that was so much fun because you start chasing people with this boombox play I had Tiger and they don't know what to do, you know, and some of them would try to run faster and get away from you and you just chase their ass. And then some of them would, like turn around and you just stand there and stare at them, just keep playing. They wouldn't know what to do, you know, and like none of them actually like tried to punch me or anything like I, I would have assumed that would happen at some point. Yeah, but most people just didn't know how to do. It. And I was like, I was kind of like relentless in my pursuit of this hilarious activity um, that like they just didn't know what to do. You actually so also talk about Vision Quest, which I think also was the most overrated wrestling movie of all time. Uh, oh, so bad! In fact, I talked to Shoot recently um, on, on on like the phone. I have a, we have a mutual friend. You know the guy who played Shoot? Oh yeah, I met him at NCAs last year. Nice guy, but but there's a scene in that movie where he gets molested. Do you remember that that, that and I asked him, and it was like the weirdest what? thing. <laughs> Yeah. So he orders, he's working at like, um, he's working at, at like a, a, a hotel and he brings food to someone's, someone's room and someone's doing like Tai Chi, a Tai Chi guy. And then he goes, Oh, um, I wrestle. And then the guy's like, Oh, and then the guy grabs his cock and then he pushes the guy and he runs what? out. Yeah. He runs out of the room, but there was, there was, no I only watched it one time. I don't remember this. There, I, there was. I asked shoot about it. I go, why no. did that? Why was that in the movie? Like there was, they didn't even reference it. But he basically got like fondled at a hotel. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was what a, in the world. There was a scene where he's working. Well, yeah, uh, Matthew Modine is working at the hotel, and he's like trying to cut weight. And somebody orders food, and he goes to the guy's room, and the guys, the guy's doing like some kind of weird Japanese or Tai Chi and the guy grabs his cock. He pushes the guy, he goes, beat it. And then he runs out of the room all fucking weirded out, but they don't even, that's it. Like nothing ever happens to that guy. You know, the guy never gets in trouble. They never arrest the guy. Like it's just, I don't know why they brought that into the movie. There was no point of, uh, um, so if anyone sees it's a very strange. That's so weird. I don't, 
<laughs> Freaking so, Hollywood. Um, now, Johnny Hendricks. You don't like Johnny Hendricks. You talk about him throughout the book, but you never say why. No, you know what? I yeah, I don't like him. You know what? I I well, he beat me twice in high school, and I always wanted to scrap with him again, and I never got to. That that's clear. But I did think that day, like ah, you know what? I don't really have anything against Johnny, Johnny Hendricks. I would have loved to have competed against him. I really, really did want to. Um, but whatever, you know, I'm hoping. But he it. never did anything to you. Like he just just beat you. But you're but you just always you make him out to be a bad guy. Yeah, when you're a competitor, you don't like that shit. You want to get him. Yeah, I want to I always want to get him back. And I never got to get him back. And it really, it really did upset me. Well, he had been wrestling a lot longer than you. He started when he was like four or five. You started when you were 12, 13. He I had started, little... I mean, I started at a similar age. Oh, well, I'm trying to make excuses. No, no, for... no I started at like uh, five or six. I got he... serious when I was eleven. Stop making excuses for me, Adam. I don't uh, like this. Now there was a. I got to say though, you said that <laughs> if it wasn't for Chris Pendleton, you would have been the second best college wrestler of all time, uh, because you lost yes. to this guy seven out of eight times. There was another guy that beat you. Kale Sanderson was undefeated in college, right? He never lost. Yeah, uh, he was a four-time uh, national. Kale never and lost, so he was one fifty-nine and zero, and I would have been one sixty and one. You would have been so he still would have beaten you by one, but you would have been a four-time national champion if not for Chris Pendleton, who beat you twice in the NCAA. Now, when you, bitch. now I didn't. Now, when you first said it, I go, wait a minute, you lost your redshirt year, so do we factor that in? Uh, and then there's Dan Gable, Dan Gable, who everyone assumes is the greatest. He was a four-time, well, he was a three-time national champion because he lost his last his last match. No, so. two. He only won two because that at that point and at that point um there was only four you can only do four years of college and one had to be uh red shirt so they actually had three years of NCAA tournament eligibility. Oh, okay. So th so then there's the argument there. Well, what if he had won it four times? Um, but yeah, I didn't even think about that, Ben. Yeah. That, like you, if not for Chris Pendleton, you you would have been a hundred and sixty-seven and one in in college. That's insane no, 100, yeah 100, 160 and one yeah 160 and one yeah. but the crazy part about chris pendleton is that i can't, I can't believe life. that dude he's such a nice guy by the way he's like the nicest guy uh cool guy like very laid back kind of like you like he's just a just a good guy um but you said that he was always able to update what you were doing which is also baffling because you were doing shit that no one ever seen before so how well, but that was, that was my freshman sophomore year and so that was where that was like where the process was starting for me like again i said if you watch me as a senior and you watch my tape as a freshman they're 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 relatively different things um no i mean he had so he, i think you know that one of the greatest minds in wrestling is john smith and he had john smith in his corner and yeah it would just be like um you know one one match for example i lost i lost four three on a ride time point at oklahoma state and it was like he actually rode me for a long time. He never, ever tried to stay on top really besides that, you know? And then at the big 12 championship match that year, he came out and like sprinted in the first period. And he got like three, I think he got like three takedowns on me, you know? And then he got tired. And then I tried chasing him down. I think I lost like, I said 12, nine or somewhere in there, like 13, 10, yeah. some, something to that effect, you know? And so it was just like, it was like a different tack. It was, you know, on his part or John Smith's part, who's ever was the idea. It was kind of a brilliant tactic uh to take is just to kind of change it up and not present not present the same puzzle every time and it really it did keep me guessing and it, it did make me a lot better too you also said you were a slow starter but you had 80 pins in the first round like how or the first period how does that how are you no i became a fast start i yeah i was i made myself a fast starter it took me it took me till i was 22 to figure it out it took me forever how do you become so, a fast um, starter? but yeah I, so i had I had 18 pins in a row in the first period, which is an NCAA record. I don't know if that'll ever get touched. Um, you know what it was, Adam? It was this. It was I was maybe a little bit ego, but I was I was heavily heavily reliant on my conditioning. My conditioning was always great, and so I knew okay, they're probably better than being in the match. And then as the match goes on, I can wear them out and come back and I can win. You know, and that that happened. So then what I realized, and this is something I try to stress to my athletes, is wrestling match is not like a sprint. Okay. So if you're running, it's you versus you. So if you sprint, okay, you're going to get tired relatively quickly. Okay, right? Is that fair? Yeah, of course. Well, if you sprint in a wrestling match, the problem is they got to sprint with you. 
if they don't sprint with you, you're going to run their ass over and it's going to be over and you're not going to have to have conditioning. Okay. But if I sprint and they're able to semi match me, okay, I have great cardio and I know I do, right? So this is actually probably not going to work for someone who doesn't have great cardio, but if they have to match my pace, they have to sprint also, they're going to get more tired than me. So if we think of like a chart of like a hundred percent endurance, right? Yeah. Well, if I go down to 80 and they go down to 75, this is a little bit of an advantage for me. But if I go down to 60 and they go down to 40, this is a big advantage for me, right? So when I started by sprinting, they were forced to sprint with me. And when they had to sprint with me, they got tired faster. Therefore, my advantage came into play earlier, Got it. right? And nice. if they weren't willing to sprint, I was just going to deck their ass, you know? So um, that was kind yeah. of what I figured out. And you're sprinting while scrambling, which is probably the hardest sprint you can do. Uh, because you're not even, yeah. Well, and then obviously, yes. And then obviously I'm throwing all these things at them that they've never seen before. I have a whole bunch of unique positions that I can pin them from. So they don't even realize they're in danger. So yeah, I mean, I, I pinned 19 people in a row, 18 were in the first period. And then I pinned 29 people that year, which I, I, I don't want to say, uh, for certain, but I'm pretty sure that's the most in modern era uh, of any season. Um, 19, 18 in a row in the first period is the best ever. Uh, and 19 in a row is the second best next to, uh, the great Dan Gable got 25 and I actually, the week before that, the week before I started my streak, I played around with my food too much. And there was one kid. And if I would have started sprinting, I thought he sucked worse than he did. And yeah. he was like, I had, so I had five pins before it. Then I had this kid and I beat him 19 to eight, but it was like, he was a little scrapper than I thought he was. Yeah. But the next week I pinned him. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to freaking kill this dude. So I would have had 25 in a row. I would have tied Gable if I would have pinned that dude. Ah, it's okay. I don't think anyone's counting. I know. Really unfortunate. Uh, I feel like you're like the wrestling version of Forrest Gump uh, in, in some way. <laughs> uh, By the way, you never I talk about- hey, I got five minutes because I'm, Bell- I'm going to Bellator tonight. I have so many. Uh, I'm going to watch two. my friend. Because um... I have so many more questions. Uh, okay, we can do a part two. I love I love chatting with you. Uh, you never talk about how you got Amy. You have a beautiful wife. You never, did you, uh, your wife is, a, <laughs> your wife's a 10. She's a 10. I got First of all, game, how, do you, how do you keep her? Because oh, I agree. How, do, how do you keep someone that, because my wife's like, I obsess over comedy and then I obsess over this. And then I coach rest. My wife's like, you're not coaching this next year. It's an hour drive. You don't get paid barely shit. Blah, blah. Like you do more shit than I do. How does your wife not go crazy? How did you pick her up? How did you get her? Did you get laid before her? I, I mean, talk to me. Um, yeah, so I would say, um, despite that I, I'm not that great looking of a guy, uh, well, we have a great marriage. So, you know, our marriage is awesome. Um, but probably say prior to Amy, because it's it's uh, it's the same thing as wrestling, Adam. It is. I, I, I don't tell kids this because it's not my uh, objective to help them hook up with chicks. Cause that's just, I feel like that's something an adult should not do, but I'm gonna tell you cause you're an adult, although yeah. you're married. So your wife, white, your wife might get mad if you try these tactics. <laughs> it's just like shooting a single leg. Okay. So you shoot a single leg the first time you don't know how the hell to get the takedown. Right. Uh, right. and so you, so maybe you try something and you're like, Oh, that didn't work. And then you try something else and said that didn't work. And then by, by, by sheer trying and failing, you start to figure out what works. This is the same with talking to women, right? You, you know, at the first, you're in, in the beginning, you're scared and you think you're going to fail no matter what. And then at some point, well, not everyone gets here, but at some point you're like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot. So you go start talking to them. And then, you know, you're like, maybe the first time it doesn't go well. And then the second time it doesn't go well. So you begged like, oh, you know what? They Amy, liked it when Amy, I made them laugh. Before Amy, you got laid off. Like to... So before Amy, you were a stud. Because <laughs> if you shot all those singles on people. By the time uh, well, I had a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend for a while in college, but uh, college was a great time, Adam. Wow. Oh, wow. That's good. Because I, because I, I assume that you never got, but based on your book, I'm like, this dude never, got, <laughs> this dude never got any pussy because well, cause I, cause I didn't talk about girls. You, you didn't mention, I never did met, just think about wrestling. So yeah, you didn't mention one thing in the book. Like, uh, yeah. Oh. I was just thinking about most, I was thinking about mostly wrestling, but I did, yeah. did have time for some women. Yes. Okay. My wife is lovely and that uh, we have a really good marriage. By the way, I always wondered what your what after the Jake Paul debacle, which I want to talk about that because it's like yeah. you hired K9 Bundridge, a guy who's known for having no technique, uh, to train you in boxing. Uh, so I know he was freaking wild. No one else offered. <laughs> I didn't know that he's known for, but 
Uh, after knowing that, oh, he's he was wild. He was. I could tell you some stories about K nine. I mean, a couple of days I had to be K nine. You just told me like forty seven different things. Like, tell me three. Let me get three down. Then we'll work on the other forty four. You just told me forty seven different things to do. What what are we doing here? He was on the contender as a guy. That had, <laughs> he was on the contender show, and his whole thing was this guy looks like the greatest fighter ever. He's got crazy power, but has no technique. Like his technique was awful. They were all laughing at him. Yeah, he, and that's the guy you hired to train you. But like that would be the last guy. I love it. I had no idea. I had no idea. So like he was the only one that offered. So I had you know I had a few other people, but um, yeah. So wait, let me let me answer your other question. I have to go because I'm going to Bellator. Damn, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. taking the train. Me and my wife are taking the train to Chicago to watch my buddy, not human, Jordan Newman. He's fighting. Um, he's gonna be a killer. He's four and already trying to go five and zero tonight. Um. Wait, so what was your question again? Oh, you got me distracted. Was, I was wondering about my he, wife. My wife's hot. He I love asked her. asked you what she said to you after the Jake Paul thing. Because she said oh, something after what you. she said. She said, yes. she said, hey, she said, did you realize uh, Justin Bieber just opened for you? <laughs> yeah, like, and then you said, let me go get, let's go get the check. That was the funniest. Because I'm yeah, like. I said, fuck this. Let's go get the check. That was the best. <laughs> like, that was such a bad. That was when I'm like, dude, that's when you know the person's your soulmate. Because uh, she wasn't like, are you okay? Uh, she wasn't like, man, uh, is everything all right? She's like, Justin Bieber just opened up for you. <laughs> like, and then you said, <laughs> I know, right? And you said, let's go pick up a million dollars. That was... Uh, yeah, because I was so ready to get... I was uh, The Triller experience was... They they didn't have everything buttoned up. It was like every other day, something different changed. It was just, I was just so ready to be done with the bullshit. Um, I actually enjoyed like training. I enjoyed that part of it, and I enjoyed fighting. But Triller was stressful, man. It, it was something different every two days. How it many really boxing? Was. How many spot boxing sparring rounds did you do before that fight? I always do. I was sparring twice a week, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I probably didn't spar the first few weeks. So I was just so far out of shape. I mean, that was that was the thing that kind of sucked is obviously I didn't, uh, I didn't give myself the best opportunity for best performance because I had hip surgery and I couldn't freaking work out. And I was super fat when I started training. So it took a few weeks to kind of like even get back into decent shape. Um, but I don't know. I sparred twice a week. So I probably sparred um, eight weeks. I started 11 weeks before I don't know, probably like 15 times, something like that. So, you, so you're boxing a guy right. hey, Adam, sparring every day I gotta for go, like though. three years and you, and you, and you spar 15 times. Yeah, and one, and one of your sparring. I was hoping he was a pussy. And he stop. wasn't very good. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go back. This is amazing. I would love to do a part Wait, next time. We get to. I promise. Part two. Yes. Hold on. I don't know if I can do it next week because next next week next is week's uh, Thanksgiving. next week's gonna be wild. Um, the week after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm traveling about. I'm going to All Star Classic. I got to go. All right. Part okay. two. We'll do part it. Part two. Because I have I have a I list of 400 you. more questions. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. All man. right. Let's go. Bye. Take care.